besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. First serve tennis sunscreen. Quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome along to your home of tennis, always on a Monday night here on uh, SEN, uh, the first serve, and uh, great to have all our key partners on board, of course. A week beyond uh, the Australian Open, uh, no more official tennis on our shores uh, for a little while now post uh, the Adelaide International being run for the women on the weekend. I want to talk more about that and the, probably the most watchable player for mine on the WTA Tour right now in Iga Sviontek from uh, Poland. I don't think anyone is more watchable than Iga, but we can debate that one a little later on. Happy to take your calls uh, tonight, one 736 736 or on the text 0433 16. There's only one place for your tennis shopping, and that is our very good friends at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, great prices. They've got free delivery on orders over $150. So you simply need to go to their website, tennisdirect.com.au. And as great first serve listeners that you are, you get a 10% discount store wide if you use that promo code FIRSTSERVE10. Now they are giving away, we've got one more of these to give away to our best caller, and that is the Yonex uh, prize pack to the value of uh, $500. It's a Yonex V-Core 2021 100 tennis racket, cap, socks, uh, the tub of the Super Grap Over grips. We've also got, thanks to our good friends at Sunbless Sunscreens, uh, their first serve tennis sunscreen to give away. It's designed specifically for uh, tennis. Uh, Mike and I caught up at Kuyong a couple of weeks ago, uh, going gangbusters. You can order yours at sunblessunscreens.com.au and Use that discount code SEN. Also tonight, we come loaded uh, with gifts. We're uh, throwing in, thanks to Australia's uh, hype sneaker label, Athletican, available exclusively online at athletikan.com. Use the discount code FIRSTSERVE15. 15% off for your choice of a pair of sneakers to the value of $129. And there's more. Not just the steak knives, we've got the uh, copy of the Daphne Ackhurst book, uh, The Woman Behind the Trophy, which is a great read, signed by the author uh, Richard Norton. Brett Phillips on this side of the desk. It is wonderful to welcome in the leading tennis writer for The Australian, who's, well, been part of our show a number of times across the uh, across the journey. Courtney Walsh, great to see you, Walshy. Yeah, thanks so much for having me in, Brett. It's uh, a pleasure to be here, and that's quite the prize pack you have there. I tell you what, you'd want to get on with those sort of prizes, and we also personally deliver uh, Walshy. So uh, get on board tonight. We'd love your thoughts on everything that's bubbling around. And well, clearly, it, it's great to be here on the back of an Australian victory, no doubt. Let's take a listen to young Alexi Popram because uh, around about 24 hours ago, it was his moment to shine on the ATP World Tour. Congratulations, Alexei. You are one for one, perfect in finals. Your first ATP final and his first ATP trophy. <laughs> Singapore, I'm sure, will hold special memories for you for the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, firstly, I'd like to thank Singapore for, for holding this tournament. You know, um, it, was, it was an unbelievable tournament, obviously, and, uh, and 
a lot of a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work went into putting on this tournament, as I can see from behind the scenes. So I just want to say a really big thank you to Singapore for hosting this tournament. And to answer your question, yeah, I'll definitely have uh, very fond memories of Singapore now. I'll remember this for the rest of my life. We also saw a very emotional hug with your coach earlier on. Tell us about it and tell us about the influence that your team has played on your parts towards success in this tournament. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's actually my physio, but he acted as my coach for the week. Um, done a pretty good job, I must say. Um, but uh, no, I'm um, definitely the team. The team back at home, you know, my coach, my, my fitness coach, and definitely my physio. And uh, you know, we put a lot of hard work in in preseason, and uh, you know, it's paying off with the start of the year that I had um, in Australia. You know, I felt I felt really good playing there also. So it's just great to see all the hard work paying off. And uh, also, you know, my family behind the scenes. You know, they 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 have sacrificed so much for me. And uh, to finally, to finally, um, you know, win win a tournament, um, just 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 shows how much how much uh, hard work they put in with me also, and uh, and and this is for them. This is for them 100%. And finally, one last question before I allow you to hold that trophy, Alexei. You had a couple of matches with no one in the audience, and the last couple of days you've had some people in the audience. Has it made a difference to you? Oh, it makes a huge difference. You know. Playing, playing with fans, playing without fans is, is, is a very big difference and uh, I just want to thank all 250 of you for coming out and, uh, and supporting us through, through, the, through the tournament, through the last two matches. You know, I, I don't think I would have been here without you guys. And lastly, you know, I, want to, I want to congratulate Sasha for such an amazing tournament. You, know, you, were, you, were, you were killing your opponents in the first, in the first two rounds and then you know, I was kind of scared once you won the semi-finals. But uh, no, I just want to say congratulations and, uh, and good luck for the rest of the season, bro. And now, Alexei, we will invite you now to hold the trophy beside the platform. And at the count of three, we would like you to hoist the trophy. Everybody in the arena will help you count down for your first ever ATP trophy hoist. Everyone in Singapore, here we go. One. The Singapore Tennis Open Champion 2021, Alexei Popovic. Oh, yes. Don't they do it in grand style at the Asian tournaments, Walshi? It's magnificent. Always loved the ceremony. Loved the beaming smile after he won that trophy. I've got to say, how good was it? 250 people in that uh, in that yep. stadium in Singapore. I'm not sure if you've been before, but uh, I went there. It's the same venue for the WTA finals. I went there. Yeah, it yeah. was brilliant. So it's uh, spectacular, but it'll be very, very empty and very quiet without yeah. fans in there at all. So good job by him all week. There's a lot to a uh, lot to like about him. I think. Well, how good is it to sit here right now? We've been talking about it for a little while. We know Alex has won three times. John Millman broke through in Kazakhstan at the end of last year at a different stage of his journey. And we now want to start to see, you know, Jordan Thompson break through and win a 250. He's been in a final. Uh, we want to see James Duckworth get to the next level and, and break through and win a uh, 250. So they're, they're obviously older than Alexi. Uh, his trajectory is obviously going very nicely. I mean, all the bits are there, aren't they? He's... Uh, a huge talent. He's got a good team around him, a uh, really solid family. So he, he's ticking so many boxes. Found it probably tough during the COVID year last year. Didn't go to the US Open. Didn't really put together any great challenger results at the back end of last year. But gee, 2021, uh, there's been some really good signs and he gets his reward. We'd seen before at major level just how good he can be. Yeah. You know, third rounds at the Australian Open a couple of times, a third round at the US Open where he really pushed Berrettini. He was 
probably a point or two away in the third round of the US Open from uh, from getting by Berrettini, I think, because Berrettini was cramping. This is back in 2019. Mm. He goes on to make the semifinals. Um, had a good chat to his agent just at the tail end of the uh, Aussie Open as to where he thought he would go. Yep. Um, the key was to try and start stringing these results together in the ATP level because he hadn't really done that in the two or three years. Yeah. You know, he really shot through the futures very fast. He, he went rapidly through the challenges initially, and we thought this is going to be a fairly smith, swift transition to uh, to the ATP Tour. Mm. At major level, he showed it, but as you said, there was that stalled period last year. Even in 2019, he sort of struggled to put together big runs, so he was sort of working through qualifying, really thought he was capable. Great start to this season. Incredible. We had it. I was on air here last night, so I had it at the corner of my eye watching on the monitor. Uh, Bublik gets that break. I think what about the sixth game, wins the first set 6-4, and then in the blink of an eye, I turn around and here's Alexi 5, love up in the second, uh, squares it up, and then gets the the upper hand uh, in the uh, third set, and he never really looked like losing. I mean, Bublik's a, fan, a fascinating character. I mean, he's sort of like, uh, I mean, he's the, the Kyrgios of Kazakhstan, isn't he, really? Uh, he, he can be unbelievable. And in the space of 10 minutes, he can just sort of meander around and not even look like he's giving ultimate effort. Yeah, not just because of the underarm serve that he throws in occasionally. He is exceptionally talented, red hot. The match can get icy cold and his concentration can (laughs) just go from nowhere. But but that's why someone like Alexi with that tremendous serve, you know, he obviously just had that little blip in the first set. But if he's very hard to break against guys like Bublik, who are exceptionally talented, mm. if they can't get a sniff, they can lose their concentration pretty rapidly. And, and, and look, he did extremely well. Yep, no doubt. Uh, the great Paul Aiken, who's uh, been a co-host on uh, this show, quite a feather in his cap. It usually uh, bodes well for a French Open uh, junior champion, taking in uh, consi- taking into consideration Felix Auger, Aliasimus lost six. Uh, it might be seven, is it? I think he lost seven now, two of finals. Uh, Popper and wins his first. Awesome. There you go. I mean, everyone goes on a different journey. Yeah. Oh, we, we, I was lucky enough to be at Roland Garros when he uh, won that French Open junior title, you know, going back to 2017, I think it was probably. Mm. We talked to Moritoglu afterwards who, who ducked out from uh, from his stadium to the ball ring to watch uh, watch that junior boys final. No longer there, the ball ring. Yeah. And he was, saying, he was saying, obviously a lot of work to, you know, a lot of work ahead of him, but he said it does, as Paul just said before, uh, it does tend to hold players in good stead. If they win, the Roland Garros juniors tend to progress. And we've even seen that with all the way back to Garen, who's sort of come through in the last couple of years after Mm. it took him some while, but we've seen some, you know, genuine top liners coming through there. And he's a good young guy to deal with, isn't he, Walshie? And we can say this about Alex Dimonor and Alexi Poprin, who are about the same age. Alex has obviously, um, you know, really set himself up. The trajectory, I mean, they're such different players. So whether, you know, Alexi sort of goes over the top, of uh, Alex because he does bring maybe that more firepower, that easier power to the tennis courts. It's going to be fascinating to follow both their journeys, but two good, humble young men who are working so hard on their craft to be the best they can be, surrounded by really good people around them. Yeah, I do like the, uh, I suppose, European training and background that they've yep. had where they've probably grown up not as the big fish in a, in a, in a little pond. They've had to work, you know, they've, they've been well, well-versed at travelling the world from, you know, from basically 11, 12, 13, 14, mm. realising when you're playing these European tournaments that there are dozens of top-line kids, as talented as they are, yep. one and two or so in Australia through those periods, 
they would have realised just how good the rest of the competition was from a very young age and, and have worked really hard since. We will endeavour to uh, chase up Alexi, obviously, in transit uh, today. Uh, you, you win a tournament and you're packing your bag and you're on a plane and he's not playing uh, this week, so I imagine he'll head back to uh, Europe and we'll see him. So what's next? to be, what, Miami at the end of this month, uh, obviously. Um, and then an elongated uh, clay tour. Yep. Basically, I think there's a clay tour in the first week now of uh, of April, mm. um, so and, and an additional week I think we're going to see in the women's in Charleston as well. Yep. So there'll be more clay tournaments sort of at the start of uh, start of April. But um, I think there's probably another there's another one next week in Europe yep. um, as well. Uh, so that's Alexi Popperin. Well done. Uh, hats off. We're big fans here at the First Serve, and uh, he's been on our show a few times, and he's a great young man to speak to. So great to see him uh, break through. And, yeah, that, that smile was priceless last night, just that the pure joy, oh, I've done it. I've actually got some real reward for all this work I've been doing since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. And we shouldn't forget, he did beat the US Open champion on the way through. It was a uh, you know, very, very big win over. Great win uh, We know Marion's not going quite as well as what he was, but mm. you've still got to beat them. And uh, to hold your nerve in two tiebreakers like he did, I think that's a very, very, very big win. I think he's had, uh, added, added a few bounces too, uh, Marin. I was adding those up in that match. Kept getting longer and longer <laughs> and longer. Even Novak are on uh, par for the amount of bounces before they serve. Uh, shout out to Matt Ebden as well, who did some great commentary with us uh, during the Australian Open. Uh, he's put together some nice performances in doubles. Great to see him uh, get through to the quarters. Beat John Millman uh, during the week. So I think he's in St. Petersburg this week playing a challenger. And if he gets a, a nice sort of run at it again, obviously he took some time away from the tour last year. Uh, that ranking should come back down. I've got to say, having done a lot of commentary with us, he looks in good nick, Matty, 33, but still got a, a real desire to get back up inside that top 100. And we know indoor hard courts tend to be his go. He plays very well on the slicker surfaces. He moves very well. Good all-court game, but you know, clearly hard courts and uh, and the quicker surfaces where he can use his speed, get forward, take it early in, yep. and basically try and throw his opponent out of rhythm. He's shown before that he can be top 100 player you know, if he can get back at 33, it's a big, big effort. But certainly on his form in the last uh, month or so, he's got to be a chance. No doubt. He and uh, Townsville's finest, uh, JP Smith, uh, runner-up in the dubs uh, last night. But uh, he's put together some good uh, doubles performances over the last month, uh, Matthew Ebden. We'll take a break. We're going to come back and talk about an Argentinian who just stole the show over in uh, Cordoba uh, during the week. Uh, Hume Tennis and Community Centre is one of Australia's premier tournament and training venues. Great to have Tim Connolly and his team on board with us here at the first serve. It's uh, the little Melbourne Mini Park, just 15 minutes from Melbourne Airport. So if you're coming from interstate, uh, check out humetennis.com.au. There's accommodation there. Uh, coaching groups and families certainly welcome. I think it's about 18 courts out at Hume. It's a terrific uh, setup. The first serve, your home at tennis. Plenty to come. We'd love your calls. one 736 736 If you ring in, you won't go home empty-handed tonight. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Great to be here on a Monday night as we normally are. Great to have Courtney Walsh, uh, leading tennis writer for The Australian, alongside me. Happy to take your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 I should have brought you in some of that first serve uh, tennis sunscreen, Walsh. I'll deliver some to you. It is magnificent. I've got a couple of boxes 
at home. So you can win that tonight. Also, uh, the Yonex uh, prize pack to the value of $500 and the Athletic Air shoes to the value of $130. So uh, give us your observations. Uh, we'll throw a few topics around as much as we can in the next uh, 45 minutes. But let's. Uh, we always love uh, Walshie, someone that uh, comes from the back of the pack and breaks through. We love a qualifier who goes all the way. Now, I turned on the live stream to Cordoba in Argentina. Great atmosphere courtside today for Juan Manuel Serendolo. I hope I've said that name right, who's jumped up 154 spots, uh, beating the the magnificent Albert Ramos Vinolas. First set bagel. It looked like he was going to win six love, six love, and then Albert sort of clicked into gear and said, I've had enough of this. Not the young guy at 19 upstaging me. Wins the second it looks like it's going to go all on his terms from there. The young guy's going to peter out and great effort. And then he found a gear again. And those courtside family friends were just urging him on. Come on, you can go with this guy. Two lefties uh, going at it. I got sent this. We talked to different people in tennis circles. And someone sent this today. Quite the story out of Argentina. Uh, Serendolo, 19-year-old qualifier, ranked 335, playing his first ever ATP main draw event, wins the whole thing. I watched the highlights of the final, and his game is pretty unimpressive. Very weak serve and mostly moon balls on the ground strokes, but gets absolutely everything back. Whatever he's doing is working, though. Crazy thing is his brother, also super unknown, made a challenger final last week in Chile. What a two weeks for that family. Been an amazing week uh, for that young man. So whether he kicks on, we'll have to wait and see. But he's won now with an asterisk that we take uh, a bit more of an interest in. And look, uh, his brother, Francisco, uh, qualified today in uh, Argentina for the Argentinian Open. Mm. I think if you throw it back about six or seven years ago, he won. Admittedly, he was more hair than actual body size, but he did win an Orange Bowl. Now, an Orange Bowl, as we know, in the you know in the US is a very prestigious yeah. junior tennis tournament. Bernie Tomic had did. Won, won the, did the three times. Uh, I think Kubler had some success in that as well as a 16-year-old, very, very highly rated junior tournament. Mm. He had a win there. If you looked at his semi-final, similar sort of description, he just made every ball play. And we know the clay at night in South America can be particularly slow. If you're making a lot of balls, it's very hard to beat. But still more here than uh, body frame for mine. He's uh, you know, <laughs> a fascinating win. But and, and you have a look at the company he's sort of in. Yeah. You know, Leighton back in uh, Adelaide was the uh, mm. the lowest ranked sort of ATP winner. Yep. But then you have a look at the other guys. Uh, you know, now these, these guys had been top liners before, but Tommy mm. Haas at 349, mm. Fernando Gonzalez, obviously at 352, yep. Pablo Angela. So the, these guys have been, had, had good run at different stages, got injured and on the way back. For him, similar to what Hewitt did all those years ago, to be able to win, a, win an event at that ranking so lowly, it's uh, it's an incredible effort. Uh, the youngest uh, Argentine to win on the ATP tour since uh, Guillermo Correa, who was 19 back in uh, 2001. So an incredible uh, week for that uh, young man at uh, 19. Uh, it made me think of uh, one Martin Del Potro. It's just a sad story, isn't it, that he continues to be uh, uh, not playing because he is so watchable. I mean, he's got a fan base, Juan Martin, everywhere around the world and um, just a guy that's extremely popular. We- it's a, it's a real shame we're not seeing him play. Well, you look back to the uh, 2009 US yep. Open where he had that amazing run and you know, yep. beat the top liners all the way through. You look when he got himself fit again, uh, playing some exceptional tennis, knocked off Novak at the Olympics in 2016. You see Novak leaving the court in tears because he really wanted that victory, that triumph. It clearly, he was a player that we thought, even when he made a US Open final again, we thought, well, this is a, a guy who can push and win. He can be the 
the Murray, the Warinka, because mm. he had the credentials. He had the game, that that unbelievable thunderous forehand yep. and the angular huge serve. So, Gordon Bittin, we love him. You just wonder about the knee. speak all day. Yep. A, a week of firsts in Cordoba too. We love this sort of stuff. Um, now, I don't know if I'll totally say these guys' names right because they're so far off the radar, but Brazil in pair Rafael Matos and Felipe Melagini Rodriguez Alves, uh, they completed their dream week winning the doubles. So they weren't even in the main draw. Uh, got in as an alternate pairing at the last minute and going to win the whole thing. So we talk about all the time the small margins in tennis. There you go. An unbelievable depth through the ranks. I know that we, uh, you know, there was a bit of a debate last month about journeyman, and I hate the phrase journeyman. Hate it, despise it, because we, yep. I think it, I think it, I think it takes down uh, players who are outstanding competitors, outstanding athletes. Yep. Like those two doubles players, unranked. Oh, sorry, sorry, alternates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not guaranteed to start. Not very far off the best. We need another phrase, Walshy. So we've got, we've got champion, and we know who sort of fits into champion status. And then there is sort of the journeyman. But, you know, John Millman before Christmas, one person referred to John Millman as a battler. And I jumped on it straight away. I said, but you, you're kidding me? I mean, the guy's almost on the verge of the top 30, and you're calling him a battler. So what, what, what term do we need to come up here for those guys? Because there are so many in that bracket that are well-established in the top 100. They'll never reach the absolute top echelon, but they've got a very good win-loss ratio. They've made more money than they've spent. And they've been exceptional players. No, I'm happy for any suggestions. I had an interesting <laughs> sort of text conversation back and forth with uh, John sort of during the Aussie Open. A colleague of mine had uh, had had said, you know, picked up on that sort of line, and uh, and I'm very much in John's corner in this yep. this regard. And, and the way I put it, throwing back to the other thing that I cover, AFL footy, mm. I feel like the top one, number one draft pick, might just might make the top 100 as a player. If you break it down statistically, yep. you're in numbers of players, number of footballers. They might make the top 100 if they'd chosen tennis. Mm, that is true. Uh, just whipping through the tour, uh, David Goffin, uh, fifth career title, one in Montpellier on the weekend, uh, 13 aces, uh, broke serve on four occasions to beat uh, Bautista a good. So uh, he's, he's a good player to watch, isn't he? Uh, for those tennis purists, um, you know, sweet timer of the ball, and not blessed with the, the biggest uh, grand strokes, not blessed with the biggest serve, but uh, just he's, he's got a great style and... He's had to work pretty hard to earn those uh, five titles in his first, what, in about three years. Yeah, I think t- throwing back to about 2017, mm. uh, he would have had a couple of Japan Opens in there. But again, if we look at uh, what the form line is, Alexi Popperin knocked him off in Melbourne in the first round in a very, very, very yeah. good win. Yeah. So that's you know good, some good form coming out of the Melbourne event, just not surprisingly given it was a grand slam. Exactly. Just out of Montpellier, Yannick Sinner, the first time we'd seen him back since losing to Shapovalov first round of the Australian Open. He went out in the first round, so uh, we sort of set the bar high for Yannick. We expect him every time now he goes out, he's going to absolutely kill it, but there's always going to be some little uh, lulls. Andy Murray also uh, playing, went down to um, Gerasimov in the first round. He made that final of the Biela Challenger, but he's just said, it, you know, how good is it just to be out here playing? So he's just trying to get... Some matches under the belt, and we'll see how Andy sort of goes through the year, how that body's going to hold up. I think he's got Robin Haas this week, and I think he's beaten him in four of the five or three of the four outings that they've had so far. Um, you'd hope to think that he's, uh, you know, able to handle Robin even where he's at in terms of his comeback. Yep. Um, but it'd be great to see him back at Wimbledon. And I'd love to see him sort of no in form and fit. With crowds. With crowds, but mm. even if it's a smaller it's a crowd. Pop. Uh, Joe Willie was back this week as well, which was uh, good to see. Hopefully a little bit of life left in Joe Wilfred's uh, song. In fact, he was beaten by, 
a young man I'm a massive fan of, Sebastian Corder, who's going beautifully. I notice his sister won today on the LPGA Tour for the fourth time. Nelly? Back-to-back wins as well. I think uh, the first sisters after the mm. Sorenstroms to uh, yep. to go back-to-back in the LPGA and after he started the season sensationally himself. It's uh, like the great Peter Corder. He's done something special with his kids. Former Australian Open champion. Exactly. Exactly. So... Uh, Sebastian Corder, uh, yeah, going nicely inside the uh, top 100 with some great challenger form. And just before we uh, take a break, uh, just to wrap up the ATP tour, because uh, we, we, we're going to, we, we're never gonna, ever going to forget about the doubles on this show. We cover every spectrum. Uh, Henry Conton, of course, for a while there with John Pierce, had some uh, great success uh, winning that Grand Slam here in Australia and World Tour finals. But uh, teaming up with uh, Roger Vasselin, the um, uh, Frenchman, to win, uh, of course, Montpellier on the weekend as well. He's a fascinating character, uh, Henry. We'd love him here, I reckon, under the AUS banner. Once had the good fortune, bizarre fortune, of uh, sharing a cab with him from the uh, from a hotel in Shanghai <laughs> out to the airport after right. he and John Pierce had had a win in the doubles. Nice. And he's reached down into his bag, unzipped it, pulled out a six-pack and said, you want one? I said, I'm right, mate. But he, uh, he put away a couple and he said, well, I've just won. I don't have to play for another couple of weeks. He's uh, a lad. He's a lad. I thought, good luck to you. They complimented each other beautifully, he and uh, Piercy. I mean, different characters. And, you know, Johnny with his big serve and Henry had great touch around the net, great field, didn't he? They were, they were a good combination. Yeah, absolutely. And he was a very, very talented player. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll uh, come back. We've got a lot to uh, sort of pull apart. There's a lot of stuff going on off court as well. I want to uh, run past uh, Walshy. Thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, great prices. You can log on tonight and order uh, through tennisdirect.com.au. Use that promo code FIRSTSERVE10. You'll get a 10% discount. You're listening to The First Serve, your home of tennis. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back. Uh, Brett Phillips, Courtney Walsh with you uh, tonight. Some suggestions between champion and what was the other category? Journeyman, uh, on the rise, tennis smart, the B-plus guys. Be special. I think that's a <laughs> bit special. rough on them, but uh, no, no, always good to have a suggestion. Keep them coming. Anything you like, you can put on the tennis agenda, 0433981116. It'll give us a call if you want to win a prize tonight, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're just talking about young Mackenzie McDonald during the break. I like this young man. He's... Had a tough run with injury the last couple of years. Protected ranking to the Australian Open. Made the fourth round. Lost to Medvedev. Had on uh, Margaret Court. Uh, he's won in uh, New Sultan. This is becoming like the uh, the tennis capital, New Sultan. I feel like tournaments are popping up uh, every week in the mighty uh, Kazakhstan. But uh, too good. Uh, winning that challenger. So up uh, 21 spots to 118. He's been as high as 57, but obviously been using his protected ranking to... Um, uh, get into some of these tournaments. But I like him, though. He's built low to the ground, but, gee, really good ball striker. A really encouraging sort of uh, start to the summer for him as well. I thought he was very good in Melbourne. Long way from Melbourne to uh, Kazakhstan for a Australian <laughs> Open to a challenger. But we know that when guys are on the comeback tour, it's uh, that often happens. The other thing is, uh, just a pointer again to how good a path college tennis can be. And yeah. I think Jesse Begula was from, uh, the, uh, from UCLA as well. So two <laughs> fairly good runs from... Uh, from uh, that university yeah, in uh, the heart of Los Angeles. No doubt. I'll put a little asterisk next to Pagula. I think he's playing in Qatar uh, this week. Really impressed with her tennis. Uh, great to speak to as well. And, um, gee, a great sporting genes, obviously, with um, uh, Buffalo there, with the NHL and uh, the NFL and her parents uh, owning both. That would be uh, 
I'd love to be a sort of little fly on the wall inside that family. I suspect there'd be uh, some decent coffee on on offer if you are rocked up, I've got to say. No doubt. I'll tell you, the young Americans are going okay. We talked about Seb Corder, uh, Brandon Nakashima, Jensen Brooksby, I think one in South Africa, the challenger a couple of weeks ago. So uh, the Americans are certainly doing uh, pretty well uh, at that level. So that is a bit of a snapshot of been, what has been happening this week. We know we head to Rotterdam, big 500 event. Uh, which has been, what, pushed back about a month, normally in early Feb. And how about this, Demonor and uh, Milman to play each other? Two good mates, 10 years apart in age. It's an interesting one. I had a good chat to Leighton Hewitt last week uh, before his Hall of Fame uh, induction. That, that, that's on my agenda on the, too, so we, we will talk about that. But he did talk about John and Alex and how he thought that they mm. should uh, – what, what he thought would work for them for the season. And he made some points about John. He, he thought that the, the bubble sort of system – might wear thin on him. He said he's the type of guy that likes to get out and, yep. and, and explore and see a bit of the city, and we know that himself. We know that he's a guy that in Paris will be reading a book and then mm. back in. So that's interesting for him. You know, It was a tough one for him last week in Singapore, a tough Aussie Open for him as well. Um, and with Dimonor, he made the point that he thought for Alex, short, sharp bursts yep. two yep. weeks on, yep. then get out of there, Good go home him. to Spain for a little while, then go back, play another couple of weeks. He said, don't get stuck in this uh, mm. bubble environment because it can just wear you down psychologically. We've seen that with Jill uh, you know, Simon walking away from it. So fascinating to see what happens there. That's a good point, Walsh. I mean, scheduling is a huge part of being a tennis player. Then you throw in COVID and uh, and that's an added layer. So, yeah, we hope you know to see the best of Alex uh, this year and, and Johnny Millman uh, trying to find a bit of form. So that is Rotterdam. Uh, Argentina open this week. Uh, Schwartzman there is the top seed. Christian Garin, who missed the Australian Open, will be playing in that tournament. Uh, also, James Duckworth with the other Aussie on the road in uh, New Sultan, the uh, tennis capital. Uh, and, of course, my man, uh, i tell you what, I, I love this young kid, uh, Carlos Alcarez, the uh, Spaniard. Uh, how about this? Is the, well, he's the wild card and top C in, uh, in Spain. Uh, top 100 by the end of the year? I would have Be thought. Be close. Well, you know, touch wood in terms of uh, a normal schedule. But what we've seen from him so far at the latter stages of last year, also this year, I think, in qualifying and then in Melbourne, where he was able to performed so well despite the strict mm. lockdown that he endured, I would have thought that's a given. Yep, no doubt. And uh, Matty Ebden, uh, quick flight from uh, Singapore to St. Petersburg. Not such a quick flight, but he's got to get over there quickly because he's playing in the uh, first round in St. Petersburg. And Harry Bouchier, who I did notice at the um, at Melbourne Airport the other day, was on the plane, so he's playing in this event as well, Harry. And then I, I imagine, I think Kokonakis has certainly suggested through social media in the last week, he'll be jetting off. And we want to see him just get back out in the tour and start to put together some tournaments. And I'd love to see Bouchier do well. I thought he showed a bit against Curios. Uh, did. Um, bit of fight. Yep. Wasn't afraid to stand up to uh, to his compatriot when there was a bit of a dicey uh, sort of situation late in that match. Mm. I'm, uh, I'd like to see him uh, make the most of his talent. No doubt. I'll tell you what, right now, as we switch to the women, the most watchable player for me personally right now on the WTA tour is eager. Now, I tried to contact a man I sat next to at the French a couple of years ago, the great uh, Peter Dabralski, the Polish journalist, but um, he hasn't got back to me. We'll have to keep following him up. So that was 2.19. Well, she, she'd lost to Halep in the fourth round, but had shown all this promise. Wimbledon Junior Champion, you're keeping an eye on her. A year later, she beats Simona Halep. Not just beats her, dismantles her at the French, goes on to win the French Open. Hadn't won a tour event. Think back to that match against Halep at the Australian Open this year in the fourth round. She was right in that match. And unfortunately, it just didn't quite execute. And you, 
and if you don't go toe-to-toe with Simona and keep that discipline, then she's going to beat you a fair bit. But I'll tell you what, her form uh, this week, I mean, she even says, while she out loud, I like being unpredictable. You know, I... I I need to put the ball into different parts. I need to throw in the drop shot. I need to go to that corner, to that corner. I mean, she's the most watchable player right now, and, and no doubt this is not going to be a flash in the pan for me. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt at all that she won't be a flash in the pan. Um, you know, following from uh, Redwanska, who played with such beauty in terms of her angles, court craft, et cetera, Svintek's got that, but she's got more, I think, yep. than uh, the former world number two. Um, I spoke to a couple of Aussie coaches who were over there last week. Now, we've obviously seen a winner French Open, so we know that she's got the goods. But mm. they said to watch her on hard court and to yep. see how good she was on the hard court as well. Yep. And to be a player of the quality of Benchik as easily as what she did in the final, I thought was, uh, you know, it, it, you win a major. Nice to get the first one under the belt on yep. the WTA Tour as well. And look, I don't doubt that we'll, uh, we'll be seeing her in the pointy end of a lot of majors. In years to come. And she's going beautifully. Special shout-out to Storm Sanders. I really hope she can kick on. I think we're all a fan of Storm. We love watching a lefty play. She's big and dynamic off the ground. Had her injuries along the way, but, gee, the value, you're going to a 500 event and you make uh, the quarterfinals up 92 spots to 200. Really important for her for a couple of reasons. It's, it, look, we should also touch on Eddie. Maddie Inglis had a good week as well. Yeah. But uh, for Storm, yep. uh, her ability to use and understand and deploy a game plan. Mm. I think that's been evident. So she's matured. She's 25. She can really follow, I think, what's going on on the court. Being top 200 now gives her direct entry into qualies yep. all the way through for the uh, for the slam. So effectively, there's you know $60,000 with which to travel mm. this year. 25, 26, if she can keep fit. And I think she probably knows what her body's like. The other thing is, having a lefty, like with her capabilities in doubles as well, yeah. certainly would be... Right in the mix for Fed Cup, I would have Absolutely. thought. If she, the way, a the way she's playing on the singles court, but yep. b the way she, uh, the the variety she offers and a, and, a, and a chance in doubles, I think she's a, you know, at twenty five, not too late. I think she can certainly uh, go places. Well, we we want to see our our young Aussie men and women now really start to uh, step up. And you mentioned Maddie English, and I watched that match against Shviontek, uh, and I mean it's it's just the little margins, a little 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 moments in points, you know, shot selection, but. For a while there, she was going toe-to-toe really well, and then Sviontek just had that extra gear, uh, that extra dimension shape on the ball where she could go in the court. But, yeah, she's showing all the right signs, but we want to see this crop of Inglis and Cabrera and Sharma uh, when Priscilla Hon's able to get back fit, you know, really start to really challenge now and step up. Oh, no, I think that's exactly right. Couldn't phrase it any better. I think uh, Maddie winning through a couple of rounds of qualifying, good first-up win, and then to play play like she did, I thought she showed good signs. Yep. And I think the year's experience of going away playing a US Open, going away playing a, a French Open, even if it, was, if it was an unusual year, that's got to stand her in good stead. With Storm, she's got some weapons. Mm. That's that's one thing that might help her yep. sort of make that next step towards the top 100 and to becoming a regular WTA Tour player, which is what we want to see from them all. No doubt. While she is here, thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialists, uh, ASTE Tennis Courts, they're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. So check out their website, aste.com.au. A quick break, and then it's sort of a bit of a, a scattergun last uh, 10 minutes or so, because there's a few items on the agenda I need to run past the great Sea Walsh.
First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists. Providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia. At glgcorp.com The First Serve, your home of tennis. Uh, very nice to be here. Monday night, we are talking the world of tennis. You can follow our website, of course, uh, thefirstserve.com.au. Follow all our socials. Uh, great to have our Facebook page uh, reinstated. I've got to say, Walshie, much to our relief uh, this week and everyone that does follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you can follow The First Serve right across uh, the week. Uh, we are covering uh, the tour in depth and no doubt we'll cover plenty of grassroots action uh, coming up. Over the next uh, few weeks, um, a few things to run past you. You mentioned Leighton, and we need to acknowledge that. And I, I did mention it a little earlier today in my cross with uh, Dwayne on his show. But uh, fantastic induction into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Uh, the ceremony normally in Newport Beach, which will be a little bit later on uh, this year. But we always knew it was going to come at some stage to recognise uh, an outstanding champion. He was really uh, chuffed about it. I spoke to him on the Saturday, just before the women's final going back, uh, what, a week and a bit ago. Yep. Um, obviously an embargoed sort of situation and, and it came out on the Thursday. No surprises really when you uh, consider mm. his credentials. You know, US Open winner, a Wimbledon champion, number one at end of two seasons, Davis Cup legend. Yep. You know, really a top line competitor. But he, he did speak about how honoured he was and we know that his last title came in Newport back in 2014. I think it was his third third crack. May have been beaten in two finals. Mm. Uh, big serving John Isner and bigger bigger serving Evo Karlovic or however you uh, want to toss the uh, Is he still going to go there. around this year, Evo? What's it, an official retirement? No, still going? Still going around. He, uh, had a, had a, he I think he had a win at Delray Beach at, to start the year. Um, and I think it may, be, may well be that if he can get another win at some stage this year, he might, be, uh, might have old Kenny Rosewall covered in terms of oldest professional mm. Muscles. I'll, I'll have to check that. But Great muscles. Not quite the same caliber of player, Evo, but nonetheless. Uh, well done to Leighton. We will certainly follow that up over the next few weeks and continue to acknowledge that. But, yeah, it's um, it's a great ceremony to watch and obviously all the great names uh, go in there. And it, it genuinely means something. It really pulls at their heartstrings. And we should also acknowledge, fantastic to see uh, Judy Dalton and also Kerry Melville-Reed as part of the original nine who Correct. were also inducted. Just legends Love of Judy. the uh, legends of the game, two Australian champions, yep. uh, part of the original nine who really – Set it all in stone for uh, the women's ranks. Absolutely. Legend, Judy Dalton. Anytime you're running to her at the tennis, always happy to have uh, a nice uh, long chat. Uh, Michael's in uh, Essendon. He joins us. Hello, Michael. G'day, guys. Uh, good listening to you again. Thank you. The, uh, is there any statistics or whatever about the number of points a player's lost? Like Popperin only losing six points on his serve for the entire match. Is that some sort of record? It's a good question. Um and over three sets as well. We shouldn't forget that's over three sets. It's uh, it's not like a straight sets uh, mm. win. Uh, well worth checking out. We maybe we we get onto Sharko. Uh, yeah. Well, Jed, uh, my right hand man, is going to try and see if he can dig up something. I'll put the pressure on him. We've got about uh, five minutes, five and a half. See if he can uh, dig something up. Been players who have lost none. Players have lost none. Well, golden sets, obviously. Sets. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, good. Uh, very good performance. Whatever way you look at it. 
uh, stats or um, just uh, purely to the eye. And this is in a final, by the way. It's yeah. not you know it's not like an early round golden golden yep. set. It's a it's a pretty incredible effort. Good on you, Michael. Hang on, I'm going to put you back to Aaron. Let's uh, leave you with a, a Yonix uh, prize packet and uh, also uh, some uh, Sunbless uh, sunscreen. The first serve uh, tennis sunscreen that'll be all yours. Quick win on Ash Barty. We haven't touched on Ash. It's certainly not dire straight. She is the world number one. It's a long year ahead. Um, obviously, there's the disappointment of winning, sorry, losing at the Australian Open, and then she elects to play Adelaide to get some more matches. Runs into Danielle Collins, who can uh, just blow you off the court when she's uh, getting it inside the tram lines. But 3-1 up, 4-1 up in that match. So similar to the mook of a match where she had the game on her racket and then let it slip. Just an observation of Ash at the moment from you, Walshie. Oh, look, I'm sure she's probably disappointed with, uh, understandably disappointed with the last two losses. Again, I, I feel like if you if you look at the start of the season and you said you'll have a title, a quarterfinal, and a second round loss, well, then you probably walk away from that summer going, I'm satisfied. But given the order it happened, the expectations would have probably changed all the, on the way through, but I wouldn't be necessarily too worried at all. I think um, we, we just don't quite know what that impact uh, what impact the uh, the thigh, or as much as she's sort of uh, talking it down, we just don't know what sort of impact that thigh, left thigh muscle has had on her either. Um, not going to go to the Middle East. I assume we'll see her in Miami, but if not, I'm sure the clay uh, the clay series uh, season after that. And and look, I think she's got the class and the variety. Yep, she'll be okay. I think she'll be fine. Yeah, let's not uh, panic at, at this stage. Uh, John, isn't it? ATP is a broken system. Is it a, a bit to say Miami has uh, dropped their prize money considerably? I mean, behind Indian Wells, what probably the the, the sixth uh, major, if you like, uh, behind the the four Grand Slams. Obviously, didn't come out here, John, with the COVID situation. A quick thought. I mean, this is well, we haven't got time to dissect this in great depth, but. It's a fascinating governing structure they've got and what it looks like long-term, their blueprint, and whether they come together with the WTA. But uh, there's, um, there's some agitation there. Absolutely agitation. Agitation between Europe and, and the States. Agitation yep. between uh, the PTPA and uh, obviously the ATP Tour. It's going to be difficult for players everywhere this year because there's going to be prize money dropping everywhere. There's going to be events falling off the calendar. John did have an opportunity to play. Mm. Didn't take that opportunity at the start of the year. Yep. And we know that he comes from a smart family. I think his family's uh, sort of uh, Democrats. He's Republican, yeah. um, but he's very smart, and you know he's he's clearly done his uh, his reading. I'll be one to one to follow. I think through the year. Okay. Walshie, um, the question I pose, should racket abuse incur a larger penalty? We've just put an article up uh, from Peter Bonadio on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. The quote from Rafael Nadal, there are kids that would love to have the racket, so no, I'm not going to break a racket. If I lose it, it is me that loses. It's not the racket's fault. Should there be a bigger fine, do you think, or a bigger penalty for the racket smashing? I, I, I do think it puts off general public. Great article by Tony... Uh, Tony Wright, I think it was in the age uh, on the weekend, yep. where he, he spoke about how he had a treasured racket back in, the, in his childhood, mm. and if he thought to break it, he would not have got another one. Now, you know, I'm I can't talk. I broke too many when I was a young kid, <laughs> but you soon learn the yep. value when you have to pay for them yourselves. And uh, yep. no, I think I think there should be a bigger penalty. Absolutely, okay. we might pull that apart next week on the show. But have a read of that article on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Jed Setzer is uh, our right hand man here on. Uh, our show and doing amazing work with our website and our socials. Jed, you've just been digging up a couple of stats. Welcome. 
I have. Cheers, BP. Uh, most recent golden set was at Wimbledon in 2012 from Kazakhstan, Yaroslava Shvedova. Oh, the great. Against Sarah Arani, 6-love, uh, 6-4. And then the only other time it's happened was in Delray Beach in 83, Bill Scanlon, former top 10 player from the States. He beat Marcus Hokovar from Brazil, 2-in-love. So those are the two, the only two golden sets recorded in history on the tour. There you go. The mighty Kazakhstan gets another mention, which is uh, outstanding. Not so sure Sarah's second serve on the grass that you was that threatening. <laughs> you know, when we were watching the live stream of the qualifying, and I was watching another match and I could hear Arani next door. I was so distracted, but she got to Australia. She got out here. Uh, we've only got, what, about 40 seconds here. Uh, Craig Tiley is saying the fan interaction's going to go up a notch. There's a lot of meetings going on behind the scenes. And Paper tickets are a thing of the past, interacting with vendors via smartphones. If you're going to the tennis, no long lines. Fans texting coaching advice to players to be displayed on scoreboards during sit-downs, uh, playing live trivia contests in the stadium. If you're going along, asking questions during uh, the live on-court interviews. Well, if I'm interviewing Naomi again, you want to ask a question and uh, not make a statement, that is all fine by me. That may be to come. Well, she, we're done. Thank you. Thanks for having me aboard. Firstserve.com.au. We'll do all again 6 o'clock next Monday. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91